What's up, everyone? It is Inspire Living with Rodney and Steve. Today, our guest is Imani O'Lear. She is a yoga instructor. She has um, uh, a project called Yoga for a Good Hood. She offers yoga to the poor, the mentally ill, the addicted, the abused, and the at-risk. And she also offers it for free, which is pretty cool. She's um, originally from Columbus, Ohio, and moved moved to Rochester and uh, saw the same struggles that she saw in Columbus in poverty, obesity, and violence. And she practiced yoga, took certification courses in Rochester as well. And noticed that many instructors in class formats didn't didn't represent who she was and what she wanted to do. So, welcome, Amani. It's nice to have you here. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you got started on the on your journey of yoga and being a pastor as well. Just give us a little background on you. Uh, so I've uh, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, when you say it that way. <laughs> I always uh, start things with resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, never wanted to be a pastor. No inclination to do that. Never wanted to teach yoga. Never thought that that was even a possibility. Um, I've struggled with weight on and off all my okay. life. And um, when I came to Rochester 12 years ago, um, I was probably closest to uh, probably about 200 pounds and my weight skyrocketed over the years up until about seven years ago to 287 pounds Mm -hmm. Um, through the process of breath and movement and wonderful doctors um, I began my yoga practice at that weight and I found a way through Mm -hmm. and so I fell in love again with yoga something that was always calling me ever since I was like 13 years old okay. when I found the book of BKS the Yangar um, uh-huh. and and in the hood um, yoga was not something that you did um, right. it, I didn't see anyone of color doing it it wasn't a thing it, you know that was what that was like the 70s and for me that there was no accessibility but I always remember looking on that book the light on yoga and all the poses that BKS had been in. And so, full circle, back about seven years ago, got into the studio, started practicing on a regular basis, felt better, lost weight, um, and felt more grounded. And I said, everyone should have this. Mm-hmm. Everyone. Mm-hmm. It's funny how that nice. works, right? Like, you, you go into the yoga practice for one thing, but it gives you a plethora of other things, yes. right? And I think I think anything, right, even spirituality, we go in for, like, to kind of fix something or with that intention to fix something, but it ends up also opening doors and doing kinds of miraculous things in our lives. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. Um, talk a little bit about, like, what you do with the community and kind of... Mm-hmm. How uh, how you actually like? I think so. So just to, I think with me or in a lot of people, we we have this intention. We want to help. We we see struggles, but the actual doing anything other than like I would love to help those people or I would love to do that. And what I see in you is someone that you're a doer. And can you talk about that journey a little bit? I always ask 
for permission. So I have this thing about uh, Dracula. I like Dracula. I like the story <laughs> of Dracula. I love stories in general. Right. Um, but Dracula cannot enter your house without permission. He has to be invited in. <laughs> and so I'm kind of like Dracula, I guess. Um, I ask to be invited in by whomever may that I see the possibility, not that I can come in and fix or save or the healer. I just try to be the guide on the side and say, okay, I'm knocking on the door. I have something if you want to share in it. And if that's cool, let's do it. So whether it's persons with mental illness and they let me love them in that moment, whether it is the women up in jail, they let me love them or the detention center with the boys, if they allow me to love them, then that's what I'm going to do because that's that's a part of my purpose. Yoga, for me, is my devotion. Right. Um, it is a devotion to myself and finding that love and then trying to hold that mirror up for other people to see it and to say, oh, my God, you're beautiful. Let me love you. And we figure it out. And how, how do the, awesome. the, the people... How's it working? Like, how's how's it all going? Is it, what, what are some good things? What are some struggles? Like, in all of it. The good things are. Um, are you touching people? Like, do you see it? I do. Um, I, I was at the jail a few weeks ago, and um, I'll try not to be emotional. Um, I have them put their legs up the wall. Yeah. And that's the way they do their shavasana. It's limited space that we're in. So their legs are up the wall, Viparita, and I touch their shoulders, go up under, give that massage pull on the neck, mm-hmm. rub their temple, forehead, give a little, and go to the next person. And one woman stopped and said, it's the first time I've ever been touched positively. Oh and, goodness. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. Yeah. That's awesome, yeah. We well, have touch, right? Like, I think about even, like, within, like, I think of my parents, or even, like, you know, they spent so many years, or, like, bad relationships where there's not even touch, and how, like, right. just, like, what a hug does, and how you're putting two hearts together, yes. and the energy that's created, and how, like, that creates some kind of bond. I don't know exactly what it does, but I think it's pretty good. Yes. It feels good. Yes. You know, in a yoga class, when I get assist, it's great. And to, to, to do that for someone that's never had that, man. That's huge. And it's really... It's lovely. Yeah. And they see the possibility, right? Right. Like, you, you see the... When you begin to see, oh my gosh, I can have positive touch in my life. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, someone's going to love me and not expect something in return from me. Oh my gosh, someone is seeing me in my worst and not judging me. When that happens, like that's the space for magic. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And so yoga allows that. And so my hands and my feet, that's my gospel. Right. That's my love. That's my devotion. That's me going in and getting dirty with them and being okay with that. Yeah. It's just great. Like I, I'm just sitting here thinking about anytime I, you know, 
Trish's class comes up to mind when yeah. she would always before Shavasana like do the shoulder thing with me and it just like it just puts you in that relaxed state and you're just like oh and, and just having someone also just like it's almost like they take something away like they take some bad juju away or something like when you do that they're like boom and it, it kind of gets washed that's why you breathe with them like you watch you then coordinate your breath with them press and then pull it like that for me energetically that's pulling that away but the other part of it is that the bad side of that is like last Tuesday new woman first time to yoga in the jail and I forgot to ask if I can turn off the lights I asked about touch, and she said no touch, and I was okay with that. And so I would skip around if that was the case, but I didn't ask about the lights. And that was me not asking permission and making an assumption, and she froze. And right, like trauma in so many people, like the lights went off, bad things happened in the dark for her. Right, yeah. And so she got up, she left, and she was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm like, don't be. You're good. Right? That's always my message. You're good. You're good. Mm-hmm. So she left, and the lights came back on. She came back in. She said, I'm so sorry. And she just can't be in the dark. I said, that's okay. That's on me. Mm-hmm. I should have yeah. asked you. And I, I, for, I asked everything but that. Right. So it, it, it's, it's one yeah. of those reminders uh, when, when we're doing work in the community there's so much trauma and we so many layers right like generational layers you know um, it's like sometimes we carry things I think from our parents 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 you know like hundreds of years of lineage going down I think yeah it's breaking those cycles you know even if you you have that intent to want to wanting to and I think being able to is, is a hard thing but I think, I mean, I, I don't know. I always look, like, I try to look at the positive of everything, and I really do see people changing. Mm-hmm. And I see the intent, right? I see the energy of the change. You know, sometimes I guess I look at the bad, too, and I see that, and then I'm, like, discouraged to a degree, and I try not to focus on that too much. But No, you can't. Yeah. Yeah, it's, there's no, yeah, it doesn't do anybody any good, that's for sure. So, like, uh... Yeah, I messaged you a while back, and this is kind of like where I kind of fell into it. So I, I and we'll just dig into it. Like I, I went on Netflix and I watched the Khalif Brower um, documentary, and you know I don't know why I picked it. I was just like I'm gonna watch this, and then it just like drew me in, and it was I think six up, I was six hours, and I, I think I watched it in two days, and I was, it really affected me for days after watching that, and um. I think, you know, being from Hilton, New York, middle-class family, never really struggling, like, you know, and then not understanding, like, Black Lives Matter stuff and, like, what is this? You know, what do you mean there's a difference? And then seeing the things that, that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. You know, um, and if you're not aware, so this boy, Khalif Brower, he was a, am I saying his name right? Yeah. He was 16... He was accused of stealing a backpack, which he didn't steal. Mm-hmm. Um, 
His dad wouldn't put up the money for Val. He ended up going to Rikers Island, which is like hell, One basically worst, hell. Yeah. And it was really, I mean, this documentary got into the corruption on all levels, like the systematic corruption on not like I, I can't even, like you know the jails, the courts, the lawyers, and then just like humanity in general. And like this sixteen-year-old boy ended up. You know, just trying to stick up for him. So a bunch of times, got beat up, got beat up, got beat up. Because um, he he might have had a big mouth or whatever. But, you know, he's 16, he's 16 in a jail yeah. with men. Right? Yeah. With, I guess there was this thing in Rikers Island called the program. Mm-hmm. And, like, the, the, the correctional officers would have the, the head gang people in each thing, like, tell this new person to get with the program. And if they didn't, they ganged up on him. And he never would get with the program because he thought, like, he was going to be weak. Right, so they ended up putting him in solitary confinement, and he stayed in solitary confinement throughout the whole process. I think until he was twenty. Wow. So sixteen to twenty, he didn't even do anything wrong. He didn't, and he just wanted a trial for his crime, and like this. And, and, and the story ends bad. There's nothing good about it. Like. Um, he ended up getting out. They acquitted him after a while, but like through you know constant like going to court, going back to solitary, and just that alone, right? Like being in solitary confinement, like it makes you crazy. Yeah, can't and, imagine. You know, it, you will go crazy. It does. You can be the strongest mentally human I think in the world. And then now we're putting a sixteen-year-old there, and yeah, and then. I do see, though, like, that whole kind of situation with him, the positive change that it made, like, his name, and, like, he may have, you know, it's almost like the story of Jesus, right? Like, he suffered, but maybe that's initiated something good. Right. I don't know. That's the hope. Right, but isn't that At least, like, me being, like, you know... They show you what happened to him in the... In the uh... So he got out. Right. Um, he eventually got out, and they had interviews with him. Like, So okay. he ended up going to Rosie O'Donnell, and he kind of got... And this is where it gets even more effed up. Like, you know, he, he started to do a trial against the system and everything like that. And, you know, um, you know, he was a class action lawsuit. Right. Um, and going through that. But he was mentally messed up from it. Yeah. Right. He was a 16-year-old boy that went... You know, fucked up, you know what I mean? Like, my kid's 12, so in a couple years. Like, I can't even imagine that. Like, right. You know, um, and then, you know, like, I think he met Jay-Z, and he met some people. People heard about a story. He got a, there was an article in The New Yorker um, that was published, and it really got some momentum, and he was on 2020 and some other things. Um, and his in his hood, his people that saw him on there were like, well, this guy must be rich. He must have money. So they started the punk, and then he got stabbed. He got robbed. He oh, got geez. he got shot, like after jail. You know, and it started from this one little incident where someone person said he robbed me, just pointing fingers, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's like he ended up committing suicide. You know, um, and it just even to this like talking about it right now, like feeling that this could have been totally avoided you know some things we can avoid but this instance like 
I mean, at one level of it, some of this could have been avoided. And there was like just the most mass, whatever is that Murphy's Law thing. Everything went wrong with him yeah. in this yeah. life. So I don't know where I'm going with it, but I'm just saying, like, I think recognizing it for me being a, a middle class white boy from Hilton, like, this is a problem. Well, so when you start talking about um, the amount of incarceration that is happening, sometimes for the smallest thing, right? You have people, whether they're 16 years old or whether they get locked up at 30 years old, whatever and everything in between, that they get thrown off and then you get caught in a cycle because then that's all you begin to know. Right. And then, so how do you begin to circle back to your foundation and begin to see yourself uh, very authentically? It reminds me when you were talking um, in the, um, there's a, a, a lovely story of Ganesha and Gajamuka. Ganesha and Gajamuka, both are elephant-handed boys, right? Ganesha, here he is right there. He's just lovely. His head was a gift, right? He has his body. It was a gift, even though his father first killed him. That's a whole other story, right? The whole conversation. <laughs> oh, yeah. right? Gave him, an, and he now he has a new head. It was an offering to him. Gajamuka, right? Elephant-headed boy as well, but his was a curse. And Gajamuka hated Ganesha. Ganesha said, you're my brother. You're me. I'm you. Gajamuka was like, yeah, no, I still want to fight you. Still want to kill you. (laughs) Right? Because he could never deal with what he had interpreted as curse. Ganesha said, listen, I see you. And I love you. And finally, Gajamuka got it. But everyone doesn't. And that's where you get the stabbing. That's where you get the, the infighting within cultures, within families, within systems, like again and again and again. Right. And so the yoga, if the, there's opportunity there that you go, let's take you back to the roots of that you are gift, not curse. Right. And that's that's it. Like, to begin to see, I don't care about your circumstances, I don't care. Like, I'm a former stripper that's a pastor. Like, let's even just wrap our minds around that. And if I stayed in the mindset of, all I am is a stripper, all I am is a victim of sexual abuse, all I am is a victim of physical abuse, all I am is, like, and the list goes on and on and on, I will stay Gajamuka. Yeah, I like that. But Ganesha. But see, what the beauty of Gajamuka, when Ganesha sees him and sees him in his authenticity and sees him with such love, Gajamuka changes. And he gets smaller and he turns into a little mouse. And he loves his body. And that's why you see Ganesha and Mushika, a little mouse, with him always. That's cool. Right? We're, 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 We're brothers, we're friends. I'm gonna ride you. You're my. You're so quick. Right. Yeah, and that's the that's that's the thing is like we we, we all are, like we Jesse was on this week and we we were talking oh, about her. Uh, she's so great. Yeah. She, yeah, love her. Yeah. Um, 
just how we segregate people, and it's like it's almost like it, it gets done without us wanting to be segregated. We just get put in little piles. Like yeah. there's Republicans, there's Democrats, there's transgender, there's yeah. black, there's white, there's you know Spanish people, and it's like it's like but we all just love. Does the love in any group different? No. No. And uh, I yeah. think it's uh, if we could just. If everybody could grasp that, you know, it would be a much different place in this world, that's for sure, you know, and just yeah, understand that we all have our ways of interpreting life, but that doesn't make anybody right or wrong. It just makes them, that's how they're interpreting things, and, and I think we like, all love each other, it's, that's it, you know. In my, in my experience, like, when I, I had a nine-day stint, I like to talk about my nine-day stint, but within that, right, I, it was probably, it was horrible, first of all, but it was amazing at the same time. Like, and, you know, I didn't go in with fear and I talked to everybody, everybody. There was no one that I was like, you know, you have all this misconception of like, you're going to go to jail, you're going to, you know, you're going to get butt raped, you know, and all this stuff. And like, that didn't happen. At least where I was, it didn't. And, and everybody was the same and like and then the fact that like I can sit here and have a heart to heart with some guy that's been in jail 30 times in his life and he keeps on going that cycle and we can start talking about like what's going to break that right you know like I think that means a lot and it was such a fascinating experience because it felt like high school really at the end of the day it was like everybody had their little tables you know we were in the lunch room you know and you know there was the guys bum and change, like, you know, there was, you know, the jocks in the corner and it was, mm-hmm. it, you know, we naturally do that, but I just tried to make it a point to hang out with everybody, yeah. you know, um, I think the, most of the fun was, was the, the older black guys playing spades with them. Like I sat spades. with them playing uh-huh. spades for hours and they were great. They treated me, they didn't treat me different. They didn't, right. they wouldn't like get up, get out of here. And it's like. There was a refreshing thing about it where, like, people didn't have their phones. Right. People, yeah. Everybody was wearing the same clothes. Yeah. Like, you have to entertain yourself. You have to have intelli- intelligent conversation, yeah. right? Like, you, and it was, there was part of that that was, I don't know, there was a refreshing aspect to it. And it's like, you kind of, it's, it's like a, a holy experience to a degree. You're going there and at the end of the day, like, you only have yourself there. Yeah. You really get in touch with who you are and how you act around people you don't know or you may know them or, you know, but not well or whatever. But like, but then you go back mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like circumstance plays a role in kind of outcome, you know, and it's like, oh, wait, but I got to feed my family and how am I going to do this? And then the cycle continues. And then the cycle yeah. continues. And that, and that's where I think yoga can if, if everyone had access to it in some kind of way like real like not just yoga like to make your abs look good and there's that like right like the girls today were like can you help me with my booty i was like yeah come on let's do something for your booty right mm-hmm. like there's that yeah. right but if you if starting to begin to break down with the sutras and like speaking to them and seeing them embodying what namaste is in that work when they go out that's not going to feel good anymore and they're not going to want to go back again and again and again because sometimes it's just that it's the comfort yeah the safety yeah they know it right i'm not getting my ass kicked when i leave here right like there i'm not getting my ass kicked 
right? I got meals, I get a little commissary, I get a little phone time when it's necessary. There's fantasy too, right? You dream, they're dreaming, like I'm gonna get out and we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. And like, right. like all of a sudden you get out and then like, where's the dreaming go? Right. It's stomped down by reality. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've been watching this, uh, Netflix has this thing, it's like a BBC thing, and it's on like Confucius and the Buddha, mm. and it's been really good. Um, and it, it was kind of what I talked about in yoga today, like, we have this yearning, right? Like, in humanity in general is like, why are we here? Like, there's this constant yearning for like, figuring out what it is, and we have figured out through many different people, whether it's Gandhi or like, you know, all the deities or, or, or anything that like it's within. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And but we keep on like trying to satisfy within with out. Uh, with you stuff. Know, you know, stuff. Like, yeah, and so I like, get that shiny new car, like I feel, oh cool, man. I got my car, it's got leather seats, they're heated, like cool. And then, you know, two years later when you're still making that, you know, payment and the car's kinda old and needs to be fixed, that satisfaction is gone. Yeah. And it's like, just remembering the like, turn in. Yeah. Kevin, who, who reached out to you, um, just love her. I just have this love thing for her. I met her, uh, she was working at Breathe for some time. And she's like this really grounded soul. And so we're reading the sutras together. And in the part that we're at is about attachments and aversions. And I almost threw the book across the room, right? Because I have so many attachments. I have so many things that I'm trying to have my versions towards. It's more than not wanting to eat my asparagus, right? Right, right. right. Like, it's more than that. It is, are the beets. There was a whole conversation you guys were having about asparagus and beets. That oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a good conversation. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, it's more than an aversion to good right. food. It is those things that we think that will cause us uh, pain. We think it'll cause us pain. Right. And we haven't even tried it, and so we avert from it, whether it's relationships, conversations, yeah. right, whatever, um, or those things that we're attached to are very pretty shiny cars. Yeah. Um, but then go even deeper, my ego. Um, that the fact that I think I'm always right. You know, Christians are really good at that. We always think we're right. Mm -hmm. We're on the winning side of religion, right? Yeah. That's why we're a Christian. Uh, and it saddens me, yeah. right? Um, I'm a very Buddhist Christian, and that gets confused by Christians. And they're like, you're going to hell. And I'm like, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> kind of conversation. Yeah. And... I, I struggle, I guess, trying to have my feet in both of these worlds sometimes. And the things in which I hold firm and true, and the world says, man, maybe not, right? Like love, mm -hmm. being a forgiveness, being a person of grace. Like, that's the magic. Yes, that's it right there. And, and, and then... That's really all you need. But then they say it's not, right? Like then, you know, they're right. Like I'm struggling with a conversation. We have a mural on our church. And the, the mural is of a woman. She's a refugee from Somalia. 
And someone said to the artist, who is Sarah Rutherford with a project called Her Voice Carries that I'm a part of, and he said, can you make her lighter so she's more relatable? Good Christian man. (laughs) And I paused in heartbreak, right? Mm -hmm. And we want people to come to the winning side of Christianity and everything else. And there's so much judgment. Or in our yoga studios, uh, we judge you if you don't have your Lulu's on. If you, like, yeah, there's yeah, judgment yeah. so many different freaking places. Yeah. Right? That's why I love animals. They don't really hold judgment. But, um. Yeah, if everybody loved, like, like we love dogs, right? Like, right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we just, we touch dogs. Even the touch with an animal, right? Like, it's this just, you just want to pet them. Yeah. Because it's just, it's just genuine. It's just, and people say that animals don't feel. They feel, they know, they know your vibration, right? And we as humans suck. (laughs) We really do. And I'm trying to just suck less. I was was watching, you had a little live video on Facebook yesterday where you were talking about language Mm -hmm. and how it was, uh, how you have, you're different. In different worlds. Yeah. Right, right? Like when I'm in is the, that is that a struggle? Or do you, Oh yeah, I'm I'm multilingual. So you're like a chameleon. Oh yeah. And that's where I don't want. Like I don't I don't wanna have to change my language depending upon the audience. Mm-hmm. My congregation is historically German. Uh-huh. Scandinavian. You know that congregation. <laughs> um <laughs> I used to go to Amani's church yeah. Oh, yeah. when I was a child. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Just to go. In Reformation. She found, she found a wild, wild picture of me with a awesome. I was like, sweet sweater on. Oh, I think I know this guy. <laughs> I should have brought that. I should have brought that picture. It was pretty cool. But I have a certain language there. I have a certain language in the yoga world. I have a certain language when someone comes in off the street. I'm like, motherfucker, what you doing? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, that has to happen. Like, sometimes I have to get really big. Right. Um, in the jail, I think I'm probably the most authentic. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting thing that I've been noticing about myself. That these women in jail, or when I was at the detention center with the young men, they were like, down for you. You're good. Mm-hmm because I saw the good in them and they saw the good in me and it, I just was me. So there was no, com- there's never chameleon when I'm at jail, which is hilarious to me. That's, 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 that's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. At the mental health center, not chameleon. I, guess I, think, I think there's a good part about being a chameleon. Like when I'm talking to, like when I have someone like working at Project Lee Nation and they come in and they want to talk about diet, you know, if, if they're like quiet and this is a first step for them, like, and they're like not, they're looking down, maybe I'm like, this is great, you can do it, da 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 like, yeah. That's not gonna do it. I have to kind of come down to their level. Yeah. And, and I think as yeah. inevitably we're communicators. Yes. In, in order to get your message heard, you have to yeah. be on their level. Yeah, so to speak, I think. I think you have, to, you have to meet everybody where they're at. Yes, you know, and that's and and that, and, it, and language and body language is even more important. You know, uh, one of the things that I've learned just because uh, I 
been learning sales and biz, I have a business mentor coach right now and, so, and we're always talking about um, one of the things that we're talking about I should say is you know body language and how to do that so if somebody's so it's like almost like mirroring them you know if they're if they're if they're sitting in front of you and they're they're like facing you like this you do the same thing if they're a little bit more constricted like this you're not going to be like this because it's intent they might not realize but they're you're going to intimidate them you know so you want to you want to be able to go with where they're at and then try to bring them out of that or bring them down or whatever and just work with them and then and then really get them so that it gets to the point where you can you guys can relate and 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 then grow together and it's all that emotional each other. Yeah. yeah 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 and yeah that is you know intelligence part like well i'm not i was never always that book girl even mm-hmm. though I love books, I have a yeah. book in my bag now. Like I always am reading. Right. However, emotional IQ that just being and noticing and reading the room. Yeah. I don't. I don't judge my chameleonness. If you if you look throughout um, the stories and uh, like Shiva was the king of chameleon, right? Like he, he was, was like wild. he would just shift it up, right? Yeah. Um, and there, there's, if, if you look a little closer at Jesus, he does the same thing, right? Well, I like, think all the prophets and all the people, all the, the charismatic leaders out there, that's one of the reasons why they had such a following, were so successful, is they related to so many people, and that's how they were able to do it, by being a chameleon and, and, and uh, really getting down to, to, their, to where they're at, meeting them right where they're at, you know? It's so important. It's important just in, I mean, yoga and even even doing hard exercise, yeah. you know, or like yeah. conditioning or if you're you're doing a weightlifting class, whatever it is you're doing, you've got to, as you have to do, you have to get down there and talk their language. Just well, it, get it's down a very, there with them. I mean, it's, it's a vulnerable thing. It's uh, anytime someone is actually, I mean, most of the time in my life when I'm meeting someone new, they're sorting something new out for their life and kind of recognizing where they're from and where they're coming from you know, is, uh, the first step, you know, I always try to like, you know, have that conversation and, and listen. It's yes. so important to listen. I think so many times we just like immediately start to think, okay, what are they saying? How do I want to respond before they're even finished? Yes. Yeah. We're you always know? looking to respond, not to listen. Yeah. Not to like, you talk. <laughs> Um, and I'm guilty of that all the time. Yes. There's this coaching book I read, and they one of the rules, and I didn't finish it, but it was uh, the awe question, and awe, awe stands for in what else. And a lot of times when people are talking to you, they'll tell you one thing, but the real stuff comes out when you say, in what else? Mm-hmm. Then they're like, oh, well, boom, and that's when those bombs drop. Right. That's when the real conversation opens up. Because um, you're giving space for someone to kind of really clear. That's it. Like that's inspired living. That's what you're doing. That's what we're all trying to do is create space. Yeah. In our bodies, physically, yeah. like in our words and our loving and our looking at our Piper. Hi Piper. Like all of it is about space. Yeah. yeah I mean, I use that, that in line in my yoga classes without space, there's no possibility. You know, and all we do in like this culture is pile shit on top of shit on top of shit on top of shit until it piles so high that everything, the whole container breaks. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, okay, I'm going to try not to do this again. Yeah. 
Like, even your plants, I was looking at your beautiful plants that my cat destroys every plant. That's why I cannot have plants right now. But when a plant is root-bound, it won't grow. When its roots have gotten so big, <laughs> thank you, Piper, um, when it's gotten so big that it can't grow anymore, the pot, you have to take it out. You have to. Mm-hmm. Open the roots and give it some space, and then it'll flourish. Right? In our cities, we're living on top of each other. In our communities, in the mental health facility, like all this stuff. Court just, system. Yeah. Court system. Like, like it, it is crabs in a barrel and everyone's root bound and they can't grow. Mm-hmm. And so how do we make that happen? I mean, this has been, this has been the mission for me is like simplicity. You know, like, stop, stop, stop trying to have this, like, how much can I do? Yeah. How much can I accomplish in a day? You know, uh, it's more, what do I want to accomplish? What do I want to do? And how do I want that to feel to people? Yeah. Um, it's funny when you, f- feeling is such a weird thing. Like, when you ask people how they want to feel, Usually they respond with how they don't want to feel. Hmm. You see it a lot of times. But I think if you can really get people to figure out how they don't want to feel. Yeah, I like that. Then you can figure out how they want to feel. Yeah. But if you just say, how do you want to feel five years from now? Mm-hmm. That just throws them blank. Yeah. But I've never thought of that. Yeah. But if you right. really like try to get someone like, okay, what are some things you don't want to feel? I don't... I, I don't want to feel unworthy, right? Yeah, I want to feel worthy. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's it's like the Brene Brown talk, right? Like oh, when people hey. talk about love, they talk about heartbreak. Yes. You know? Yes, they do. But when 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 did love do you wrong? Yeah. Not about all the times. And I don't even like even thinking myself right now, like, when has love done me right? Like, and I probably could tell you more off the top of my head of all the times I've been love has hurt me. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I could tell you very many situations where love did me right when I know they're there. Right. Well, that's what we concentrate on, right? right. We concentrate, like, I uh, taught this morning, so I teach 5.45 a.m. <clears throat> also. That's early, even earlier than me. I know. Right. Yeah. It's like, that's what I mean. Some <laughs> people I know I never will see at that time. Um, but we have the faithfuls. And yeah. they come in, and they've done... A hundred different poses, and that one pose that they can't get into, they obsess about. Yeah. Like they're like, ah, oh, you can see all the work <laughs> that they did is like, uh, like I'm going, really? That's this is what you're worried about? I dated a guy years ago, and um, I used to be so concerned that my toenails and my nails matched. And he said, uh, Steve, um, Steve, Steve's worried about that too. I'm worried about it. Yeah, that's, why, <laughs> that's why I wear flip flops all the time. I gotta make sure, you know. <laughs> make sure <it> that's <laughs> why I just don't have to worry about anything. I don't wear anything. Right. There you go. I, I, I want flip flops so desperately on right now. I put these boots on, but I, I said, <laughs> I said, well, they're not matching. I don't want you to see them. He was like, Amani, you're worrying about the wrong thing. <laughs> I don't care if your toenails and your nails are gonna match. And then years later, I heard Cat Williams, a comedian, and he similarly said that, 
But in his language was, he was like, women, we don't care if your toes or your nails match. Either way, we fucking. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> we don't care. Right. We worry about the wrong thing. Our pose, how we look, if we have the newest Lulu on. Like, I, I love my Lulu pants. Right? Oh, they're nice. They're yeah. nice. They last forever. Mm-hmm. But why do I have to have 20 pair of them? Right? Or it's that false sense of feeling good, right? Right. It's that false and like we worry about the wrong thing. Yeah, like we look in the mirror. I think I think I could I know me, like I'll go immediately to the parts of my body that I don't like. Right. You yeah. know, it's immediately like, oh, there's my belly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, rather than like, look how sexy your arms look around me. Right. You know, it's that positive self-talk. Right. And I think that's a practice, and I think you have to practice it. And you have to yeah, remind. That's, yeah, practice is, You have to have a compassion for yourself. Yeah. And that's the key. You have compassion for yourself. That's when you can truly have compassion and love for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And you, you get your, your own ego and your own self out of the way. It's, 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 it's kind of like a rewiring, right? Like it is. Almost like you have to rewire the pathways within your brain. And I think that's where, like, when we talk about, like, a gratitude journal and just, like, really writing down those things that it's not because you know yeah I am grateful for my kids but the fact is I'm I'm sorting gratitude out Mm -hmm. therefore like I'm making a habit of that yeah the the meta meditation are you familiar with the meta meditation no the meta meditation is the loving kindness meditation and the principle behind it is basically what you learn on an airplane well, the first thing they tell you, if you're in case of an accident, put your oxygen mask on first. Right. right. And then you're able to help others. So the meta meditation, you start off with a meditation of loving kindness to yourself. Then someone you love. Then you meditate for someone you kind of know, or the world, whatever. And then you meditate for somebody you hate, right? Like mm-hmm. that you have some ought against hate maybe even strong word but or they've done you wrong but the principle of starting with yourself first of four areas may i be happy may i be well or healthy may i be safe and may i be at peace and those same things go for each person so that when you learn to offer some compassion to yourself about your belly Right, I'm well, I'm well fed. <laughs> right, and find that compassion there, um, that I'm safe today, and I'm thinking about all this crap that's going on in the world, that I'm happy, I have a roof over my head, right? It's all of those things, and as soon as you start that meta meditation, it vibrates out to other people. It just naturally does, and it first starts with the compassion, as yeah. you said, yeah. to yourself. Mm-hmm. It's amazing the difference that you, I mean, I've practiced it for quite a long time. You know, if I have a negative thought, I just will immediately flip it around. You know, yeah. like it's, it's just as simple as, man, I feel tired today. And I'll flip it around and I'll just say, no, I feel the best I've ever felt in my life. Let's make this day happen. And it's amazing that it took a while for me, but like it's amazing how now when I do that kind of simple little thing, it really changes. My, I might still be a little bit tired, but it still changes my perspective. And it makes me feel better instantly. Like I'm all instantly like feel a little bit more alive, yeah. you know? And it's 
so freaking simple that nobody ever really thinks about it. And it takes time. I mean, you can't, for me anyways, the first couple of times I did it, I didn't really, it was just kind of, I felt stupid almost and was kind of annoying to think about and do that. But the, now it's, it becomes second nature to where, you know, I don't have a lot of negative thoughts that I will ever perseverate on anymore. I mean, they've come, of course, uh, but it's, it's 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 just it's really cool. That's yeah, yes. the difference. Yeah, that, I think you know. uh, one thing I've practiced too, and uh, it, it was, it's like a Tony Robbins thing, but it's uh, it's rapid. It's like anytime you have goals or whatever, like you do this little method, and you uh, you write down your goal, and then you write down like why. Mm. We talk about why's all the time. Mm-hmm. Why do I want this goal? It's got you have to have strong why's with anything, and then you just do like what needs to happen to make this goal. In no specific order, you just let it flow out of you. Mm-hmm. And you just put it down on paper. And after doing that for quite some time, I think what it's taught me is to have, like, kind of solution-based. Like, when, when you hear about problems and things with people or within your own life, you know, instead of thinking about, like, the problem, you think about the solution yeah. and the action that has to happen to solve that. Right. You know. My, um, part of my journey is I, I have lupus and uh, rheumatoid arthritis, sprinkled with some renoid syndrome, um, which just means that my autoimmune system and my joints are all wicky-wonky. And I remember, I always like complain about my hips, like going into a hip opener is brutal for me, Mm -hmm. just brutal. Um, And I just go, damn hips, like damn hips. And then something shifted over the past just couple months. I've been calling my hips glorious. Glorious hips. Nice. Glorious hips. Mm-hmm. And hip something released a little of no resistance to that because I've just started to reframe the illness. So when my husband says, oh, I gotta lift weights because just in case you can't walk anymore. And I'm like, well, that's very positive, dear, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> thanks for that well wish, right? But it is about the reframing and sending yourself love and light first. Like, if we can't send ourselves love and light, how in the hell are we going to, like, offer love and light in our classes, in our life, in our world? Like, I mean, I can speak in non-biblical tongues, like, really easy. Like, I will cuss you out quick, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like throwing up fingers as I'm driving. And that energy, like even if you think about it, like it's like assaulting yeah. in yourself. Oh yeah, it's amazing how awful it feels when you do something like that to yourself. Yeah, it, and I'm like, really who is. wants to live that way? Right, most people do, that's the sad thing. I know, and I'm like, if you just know the power of your breath mm-hmm. and breathe, like there's a difference. That's the life force, right? Yeah. yeah, it connects you. Like that, we go full circle. We're back to the jail. You're looking at their chest. And you're breathing with them. And you see that you're connected. Like we're connected. Like even our rhythm has shifted because we've been in each other's presence. For sure. Right? Yeah. Like energetically, like it's powerful. Isn't that right, Piper? <laughs> yeah. She always gets motivated by the podcasts. Yeah. yeah. 
It's true though. And this is like, it's funny, like energy is such a weird thing. Um, because it's like, you know, you, you, one person can come into a room and they can, it can be either way, right? Like you're like, you know, I think of my, my lady, Sidey, like the, like she comes in the room and her energy's there and it's like, everybody just kind of is like, you just feel it. Yeah. You know, and I think that was the first thing that like really attracted me to her was that energy. And it's like, I want to be around this energy all the time. Yeah. You know, She's it's funny because we're going tonight, um, Midtown is doing a, it's a, a meditation and then Reiki and then journaling. Mm, beautiful. And it's just, uh, we're really excited about doing it. Um, I'd love, I wish I could do that with yeah, you guys. Um, yeah. And just like, like energy is such a weird thing with Reiki it's this wild thing and like trying to like I'll be at work and I'll try to explain it to people and that's kind of how I explain it so someone comes in the room and we all have energies without getting too f- detailed on chakras yeah. and stuff like that um, but these chakras get clogged and it's funny how it affects the physical body you know mm-hmm. like for me I have my tight hips and it's 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 my root yeah, it's going right. on with my root. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I need to be repotted. Right. <laughs> You're root bound. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and it's going back to your self talk, it does release it. Like instead of getting rid of that ancient history, right? Yeah. A Course in Miracles has a quote that says um, the most sacred place in all the earth is when an ancient hatred becomes a present love. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. Just to say that, you can feel yeah. that shift here. Yeah. Well, I say, I like, to say, like uh, the old Rodney, if he met the new Rodney, <laughs> he would be fighting, you know, like, uh, and I just, you know, I like to say in my life, I've done everything wrong first. Yeah. I got it all out of the way, and I, and I, yeah. I was a bad kid like I had bad attitude I didn't I was judgmental even in like final finite things like personality traits I had not to mention the other crap but like and it's just it's cool to kind of like recognize that like wow I have come a long way yeah and I guess that's why I like my feet in in all the worlds that I have them in Mm -hmm. right like because I, you know, we're not one-sided. We have all these dimensions to ourselves. You know, my my breathe world, uh, where I'm teaching, I I can bring me there. My yoga for a good hood, I can bring me there. My church, I can bring me there. Like I, I just love the movement of that. You're kind of like a connector, right? Like in some wild way too. You're connecting all these worlds too. I hope so. You know, like it's it's like an anchor. I don't know. Some I'm trying to think of a cool word that think of a, I like a tool anchor. you would use to uh, connect two pieces of wood or something. You know, it's 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 a bond. What made you like decide to want to be a pastor? Like oh shit, uh, nothing. Like <laughs> it was like literally like kicking and screaming. Um, you know, I mean, like I said, former stripper. Um, some drug sales back in the day, sitting up in the gates. I remember sitting in the gates and this woman came 
And I knew where, where it was bottom for me. She brought her baby to give it for crack, right? The height of crack epidemic. And I'm going, are you fucking kidding me? You're bringing your child here. Give me that baby. Took the baby, left the gates, never turned back. Wow. wow. Right? And took the baby, went to the police department, said, I, look, just figure this out. We need to figure this out. Right? And this baby had been sexually assaulted in its past. I just only hope that today she's fine from that moment, right? And I said, okay, okay, I make some changes in my life here. This, 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 this is a moment. This is, this is a moment. And um, I had my dance of journey through and out and trying to figure out I hadn't finished college. Mm -hmm. um, 2000 um, and one, I finished my undergrad went to seminary, thought going to seminary would just kind of like appease God, learn a little bit more about God, be done with it. Then this whole thing of being a pastor started. Like people said, you know, you should be a pastor. I'm like, fuck you. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it kept on coming up, kept coming out. No, right. you're a pastor. I'm like, no, I'm not. And this is why I'm not a pastor and would list all the bad about myself, right? Like everything that's wrong yeah. with me. Mm -hmm. And um, a woman said to me, she said, Amani, your misery is your ministry. And I realized all the stuff that brought me such heartache that I had been through was the reason why this moment I was called to let people know that doesn't matter. You're still loved. You're still good. Like that's now my mantra. Like, like you're good. Mm -hmm. You're good. And so, started that journey. Became a pastor. Became a Lutheran pastor. Moved from Columbus, Ohio, to here. Um, you ended up in Rochester. Yeah, my bishop uh, called me to this area, and so really grateful for that. First. That was another kicking and screaming. I was like, I don't want to go to Rochester. What's in Rochester? Yeah, That's right. Rochester. <laughs> people, people always ask me why I moved back up here. Too, so. Like what? Rochester? Yeah, right, exactly. exactly. But it's good. Yeah. I think there's something yeah. special here. I think there I, is. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm learning that slowly. It's, it's, it's taken me a while. I yeah. think Rochester is one of these places that will also humble the best. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I would, I would agree with you that. Could be, you could be fantastic anywhere else. Come to Rochester and do it. Yeah. yeah. I'm learning yeah. that. I'm, lear I'm, <laughs> I'm learning that. I'm learning that now. I'm definitely learning that now. So, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's an interesting journey um, being a pastor. And, I, you know, I, I love it. I do. I don't always love what's associated with it. It's hard to get people through the doors because the church as an organization has been jerks, right? And the loudest voices about hate against fill in the blank, whoever, right? 
they make it about something else. And I go, no, 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 that's not right. That's not who we are, right? Everyone is welcome here, LGBTQ community, right? Like, right. like it doesn't matter. Black, white, I don't care. Language, I, like all of that. I don't care if you've been in prison. I don't care if you're in prison now. <laughs> like yeah. all of those things, you're welcome here because I'm welcome here. If you need to strip at night in order to make bills, and you come here on Sunday, then that's what it is. We're all loved, but we, you know, but the organization, the structure, sometimes stops people because of the history. And the same thing in a yoga studio. Well, I'm fat. I can't do it. I'm not flexible. I can't do it. Like, what are these, and what I'm trying to figure out, what are these barriers that we've created that stop people from even exploring it? Yeah. I'll come to church when I'm ready. Right. right. When it's I'm better. Like, I'm going to come work out with Steve when, I, when I'm ready. Right. When, I, when I'm in better shape. You know, yes. we, we talk about this all the time. Or, you know, I'm not going to do yoga. I can't do yoga right now because I'm not flexible. Let me go get more flexible first. Then I'll do yoga. Right. <laughs> Let me get in better shape. And I'll go. It's, we have such a, I mean, our, I mean, if you think about uh, all the shit that we see now, Facebook, Twitter, everything, news, it's all so bad. And it's like, all we see is negative stuff. People are, we, we have such a hard time seeing any of the positives. So if we look at, I mean, obviously if all your, if you're, if everybody's waking up in the morning, doing a job they don't like, seeing a bunch of people get murdered and killed all the time and crazy hurricanes and everything else, you know, they're going to want to stay in their bubble as much as possible and just protect themselves, yeah. you know? So it's, you know, that's, yeah. that's why, that's why there's people like you and there's people, uh, you know, like Rodney and us that we're, and we're hopefully getting out there and spreading our wings and, and just reaching the community and saying, you know, it's okay. Yeah. Let's get rid of the bubble. We're all in this together. Yeah. We're all in this together. You can either be here, pretend you're by yourself because you're really not, yeah. or you can be here and, 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 uh, be with everybody else and feel that love. And that it's just that, that fear, that, that fear of just, well, I don't even know what is just ingrained in us, you know, and then and then that fear of change, you know, going out there and 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 just changing, you know, I can't go do the yoga, you know, I, I can't wake up a little bit earlier to just meditate for a minute, I, I, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Yeah. Is is the I have this always th this thing with my daughter. She always say, "Daddy, I can't do that." I'm like, "Never say you can't. Say how can I?" Yeah. You know, right. or ask quite. You never say I can't. Yeah. That's where it begins, yeah. right? The children. Yeah. And we can be rewired, right? Like, look yeah. at us. Like, yeah, we all absolutely. can be rewired. Oh, I've, I've been rewired I've, yeah. over time, and I think we all have, you know? My, we were doing, for the, with the women's side plank, I was like, they like, oh, I want my legs, I, I want my arms stronger. I said, okay, let's try side plank. So we're in side plank, and shaking, mm -hmm. and falling, and everything. I said, okay, how do you fix this? And they're like, I guess just don't do it. And I'm like, no, you're gonna do it, but let's fix it. So what are some things that are coming up? My arm shakes. Okay, what should, if my arm is shaking, what does that suggest? It's too much weight on it. Okay, so what should you do? I guess I could put my knee down. <gasps> yeah. Right? Okay. How about now? If I do this, I'm in full side plank and I keep falling, what should I do? Well, maybe I can put my leg down and make it like a little kickstand. Genius. 
You're yeah. now a problem solver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You can do this. Yeah. It doesn't look like Yoga Journal. Yoga Journal's a lie. Like, good on him. Like, I want Yoga Journal to print all of the mishaps in yoga, right? Like, the person falling out of headstand. I want someone who can't. Like, I can't do psychro. My body won't allow, for some reason, I, it's something I, I can't. can't I, can, I can't figure it out. Like, I can teach it. I can tell you the cues, but for some reason, and I'm guessing it's because of the RA in my hip, mm-hmm. it won't allow me to get in small enough to do it, but I try it every time, but I can't do it, and I'm okay with that. Like, what if our websites were flooded with what we don't nail? Right? All our failures. Right, what if, like we're, for Yoga for a Good Hood, Next week, we're starting Failure Fridays, and we're showing poses that we can't do. And so on Instagram, you'll start seeing, like, how we try to figure out something in falling. Because it's through that falling, through that failure, we can. It's where you learn the most about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. This is good stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, for me, like... Yoga was just so damn hard. Yeah. Like, I wasn't that person out to yoga, and it was easy. <laughs> it was so hard, and I was like, you know what? And I think through that humbling experience, because I came from the fitness world, mm-hmm. I was strong. Mm-hmm. You know, I could lift a lot of weight. I could move fast. I was conditioned. Yeah. You know, I, I was like, it can't bite. It's just so hard. Yeah. You know, I just remember being, it was a breathe class with Trish, and just like, it's just like I'm a sweaty mess and then it's like all of a sudden inside starts coming out and I'm like what is going on yeah all right I need to sit on this for a minute and I'm like I'm just gonna keep on going just once a week I'm just gonna keep on doing it Mm -hmm. just keep on going everybody was really nice and then a shift happened yeah that's it that's the magic and then and then you start meeting the people and you start becoming like I think one of the I think you do this in a lot of ways, but community, community is so strong. Like when you have a strong community, you, you feel that backing to be able to do things. When I have strong friends and within this, it's been crazy too. For me is like, as I've started to make shifts, I've lost a lot too. I've lost a lot of peers because like, Oh, Rodney's spiritual now. Or Rodney's this, Rodney's yeah. that, and I've had to be. I'm okay with it, right? Like it's cool, you know. Like drop what doesn't serve me, yeah. and I've I've met a good community, but at the same time, it, it it does shrink the world for you a bit, and it gets a bit lonely. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I've felt the same way. What I have a question for you, actually, Rodney. What when did you make that shift from the old Rodney to where you're at now? What made what was that light bulb for you? I don't even think I know know that you know I don't think I've ever asked you that I think it's still happening in the old right. Rodney comes out sometimes right right yeah. sometimes <laughs> he's there yeah. you know mm-hmm. and it's it's this it's this thing but it's I, I think a lot of it within me is it's self-realization of my mm-hmm. thoughts right I, I think one it was untethered soul really mm-hmm. blew me apart you know the, the idea that uh, with you know, I was working at Lululemon and I met 
this wonderful girl that came in and we just had a great conversation. And they, they, it's funny because it's all the steps led me. You know what I mean? There's so many instances. I can't. Yeah. But this one where her giving me, she bought two books, one to give a friend. Mm-hmm. And she, she just like, she's like, hold on. She ran out to her car and gave me the book. And I was like, oh my God, this girl's sweet. Yeah. Her name's Pia. I love you, Pia. Um, oh. And she uh, gave it to me and I, I went home and I remember sitting on the couch and the boys were playing their games and Kelly was on the internet and I'm like, I'm just reading it and, and I'm just like, the fact that we're conscious, that we're conscious. Wait a second. Let me sit on that for a second. I'm sitting back and I'm like, what does that mean? Right? And then the fact that we're reactive beings that have this little voice in our head that tells us way we're supposed to feel. And wait, I don't have to feel anger. Right. I choose to feel anger because my voice tells, tells me inside that I'm supposed to be angry. Wait a second. I don't have to do that. Yeah. You know, for me, it's just kind of recognizing that I created this fictitious Rodney for so many years. I was the crazy Rodney. I would break bottles on people's heads, you know, mm-hmm. at parties just because that's what people expected of me, right. yeah. you know. And then break down the whole man thing, like, oh, men are, man up, grab your balls, you know, you have to do this. And it's like, I always knew that I had this sensitive side, this side that cared. I remember getting in a fist fight with someone and crying during the fist fight because I had to get in a fist fight because this kid ripped me off, you know, but I was crying and I didn't like know why, you know, because I thought I had to. And it's like, wait a second. I can be emotional. I can have female friends that I don't want to fuck. Right. You know? It's possible. You know, in in like, like, I can go have coffee and we can talk about things and then like have a relationship that is totally on the surface and like, you know, before and like past relationships with like significant others, they're like, oh, you must be banging her. And I'm like, no, I don't even want to. Right. Like, they're just, I get along and we relate, you know, better than I do talking football. I just don't like football, you know? I like football. I'm not into it. No, okay. I mean, I... I, Right, that's breaking role. That's breaking gender role. But I'm supposed to, right? Right. Right. I'm supposed to be this man and this tough guy and like, you know... I think I think that that was and even even fast forward before that like I I had I got, I got cheated on and I've cheated before but it hit me hard and I remember getting a massage from a girl uh, she was a yoga teacher and a massage therapist and I said to her why is vulnerability so scary mm-hmm. and she's like you gotta watch this video <laughs> she sent me Brene Brown vulnerability yeah. video and. I still have to watch that every six months. Yeah. I find myself having to watch that every six months to remind myself, I need to be vulnerable. Yes. I need to be more vulnerable. I need to show my insecurities and weaknesses. Yes. Not just yes. to the people I feel okay doing, to yeah. the world. Yes. You know, and that was part of me like yesterday going, I'm gonna pra- do a private practice myself. I'm gonna wake up early, I'm gonna go to the gym, I'm gonna take my shirt off and I'm gonna practice in front of a fucking camera. And I'm just gonna do it because I don't feel comfortable at all doing that. Yeah. And like, and when I see people do that, I make fun of them. Mm-hmm. I say, look at this person taking their shirt off. Yeah. You know, you know what? I'm going to do that mm-hmm. and I'm going to be okay with it. And it, and it's like, cause that's where the growth comes from. Yeah. That fear. Yeah. And breaking through it. Yeah. It's, it, I've had similar things just with my business and having to, um, you know, figure out how to get business and, and get my, 
I've always been the guy in the background, you know, because not because that's my personality, because it actually is not my personality to be the guy in the background, but because I've always been so afraid and got made fun of my whole life, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but the same thing, I've started to put a lot of videos out there, and not a, not a, not enough. I need to keep it going, but I feel vulnerable every single time I do it. Every single time I do it, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's it, but it's amazing how it gets a little bit easier and a little bit easier how freeing it is. Because yeah. you know, whatever. So he makes fun of me. It's no big deal. You know, I'm being my authentic self. Yes. You know, right. I'm just doing the best that I can at that point in time, and my le- legitimately trying to impart some knowledge onto other people and, and hopefully help other people in this in the same time. Not perfect. Not the perfect film shot. Not the perfect picture. You know, my hair might be a little messed up. You know, it might not articulate my words as much as I'd like to sometimes, but it's there, out there now. You know, and it feels good. Yes, you know, especially when you come from the tr- your true self, who you truly are. That's it. That's all you have to do. You know, and that's what people pick up on. That's why you've got the super, you know, people that are really successful. You know, some, not all, musicians that are just they come straight from the heart. When you got, I see you have Bob Marley on there. A yeah. Perfect example. Yeah. Guy, just it didn't matter. He came straight from the heart, and that was why people related to him so much. Oh, his was, words, was, yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's, that ourselves can free our minds. I yeah. love that line. I yeah. love that line. Like even just recognizing that, right? The, the roommate in your head <laughs> is a liar. Yeah. <laughs> the monkey mind. The monkey mind. The ego. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so I, many names for that. I was at Karma Choling uh, with a, a Buddhist monk. I was teaching me meditation and uh, You have monkey mind. <laughs> And I said, my monkey has a blue suit on and it's dancing. He was like, whoa, that's a quite a detailed monkey. And I was like, yeah, like my, like our minds are crazy. Yeah, like, yeah. Always screaming. And that's where I think that the value of like, whether it's Jesus or all the deities in Hinduism, yes. like the, the, the stories, I mean, we have been constantly living like, People have done this. People have been alive and they've tried to articulate through these stories of how to navigate this experience. Because they all want us to want that. Liberate it. Yeah. They want, they want to leave that legacy so we can be liberated. That's the yoga. That's mm-hmm. why you each do what you do. Like why this is happening uh, to living an inspired life is so that we can be free from those things that are shackling us from our minds to our hearts to our feet. That are in, in, invisible. Yeah. Yeah. Self-created. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Don't you love the horse noise in the yoga class? The who? The horse noise. Oh, yeah. The horse noise. <laughs> I, I mean, I just hear that all the time when I'm just like, oh, I gotta let it out. <laughs> yeah. I had two moaners this morning. Like, like in sync, and I was like, I love it. Like, like, <laughs> like that's a freedom. Right, it is. That is a yeah. total freedom. That that's when you know somebody is 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 really just doesn't give a shit, and they they're they're, they're in it. They're do they're they're there. They're doing you know? it, and it feels good. Like, I'm like, oh like every now and then, I, I like I I try it on. I'm like, oh my god, that feels great to like let it out. Yeah. yeah. I remember being like new to yoga, and I went to what Amy's class. It was like her Monday, like evening class mm-hmm. and there if you could have closed your eyes and felt like like there was just tons of people having sex yeah you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I was like this is crazy everybody's just moaning and like just 
sighing and yes. just all kinds of wild noises. And it was like, all right, I'm here. I'm doing it. Like it, it was, it was, it was being new to yoga at that time was like, whoa. Well, yeah. and that's what I want for the folks at Yoga for a Good Hood. Like, like I let them, like, you know, it's not a sterile room where you can't talk. Right? When they come to the church, Monday night, there are people from mental illness that are now that are out of jail that now come and we're like like being messy together and I'm like, y- y- you can talk back to me. It's okay. Right? <laughs> you don't yeah, have yeah. to like do whatever they do on the video and everybody's in sync and it's like mm-hmm. re- like just be yourself. Like let it fly and, you know, pass gas. Like whatever, like I know. like let's just it just be, happens, you know? yeah. And that that's it. That's the beauty of it. Hopefully, we can change the world with it, one downward dog at a time. Right? For real, mm. for real. I love that. Yeah. So, we always like to. You've probably listened, but we like to end the podcast with some kind of words of wisdom. <laughs> there's someone. Let's pretend there's someone sitting here listening to this and they're stuck in that grind you know of trying to make it better they want it they feel it but they haven't done it yet Mm. yeah what are some words some actions some things that could kind of get someone in the right direction what would Um, you recommend I it's something I say to myself all the time it's uh it, uh, well, whatever. It's my my wisdom for me, and um, my name Amani means faith. And um, so, whenever I'm fearful, I say, "Faith had a house. My body. Faith had a beautiful house. One day, fear knocked on the door, and faith answered, and no one was there. Go figure." Because fear and faith can't dwell in the same place. And so whenever I'm afraid, and it's often, I say that little thing to myself. It's like your mantra. It's my mantra. Faith had a house. Faith had a beautiful house. Yeah. Nice. I love it. I love it. And then where can people find you if they want to come take your class, come to your church? Just give us some information of, of you know, just people can look you up and... Um, on my Sunday gig uh, for a pastor, I'm at Reformation Lutheran Church. Okay. We're located at 111 North Chestnut Street in the city near Liberty Pole. Um, the place of the jazz festival. That's where a lot of people know us as. Diagonal from. It's a beautiful church. It's, it's a gorgeous church. Acoustically, if like you want to play that guitar in there, like yeah. that's the place to do it. That's nice. where I play my harmonium. I go in the sanctuary and just play. Um, and then um, for yoga, for a good hood, Instagram and Facebook keeps you updated. Okay. But Monday nights we have a six thirty class to seven thirty. On now we just added this Wednesday that's, nights. That's a free class. Free class. Free. Everything's free. Everything's free. Like, and if you're on a financial cliff, just come. Mm-hmm. If you want to give money, give five dollars. Give five dollars, right? Like, it helped. Like, if you want to give us some straps, yay, <laughs> right? Like, right now we need bolsters. Yeah, give me bolsters. If you want to give me bolsters, give me bolsters. Um, but then, um, 
we do workshops, I lead meditations, and then I also go to people. Like if there's a group at the library I go to and I teach them a few things to de-stress. Mm-hmm. Um, so other than that, Monday night, we just added today a new teacher. She's a Kundalini teacher. Ooh. Oh, cool. So Wednesdays... What's her name? Her name is uh, Ved Bashankar, uh, V-E-D-B-A-C-H-A-N-K-A-U-R. And she will be teaching Kundalini on Wednesdays at 3 o'clock um, at our church as well. We have a Saturday class. Oh, excuse me. We have a Thursday 11 a.m. class for seniors or those with limited mobility. Okay. Saturdays, we have a 2 o'clock. Now, those are my new babies. Uh, Martisa and Courtney are two powerful young women that have kind of come into my life. And... They're like helping me with social media, but they're learning to be teachers. And Amy actually is going to work with them. Awesome. Like free to like give them bare bones things. And so they're just getting their feet wet mm-hmm. on how to teach. Because that's the other part of the goal is to create viable income for women, men, or whomever to have this in their back pocket so that they can eventually go to a studio and be, uh, do the magic. Right. Right. So, yeah, we're yoga for good. Awesome. Yeah. You mind playing a few notes on the harmonium before we uh, wrap it up? Yeah, we'll try it. All right, cool. We'll I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear it. So, uh, the first one, uh, the one that I'll do then is, um, it is, since we talked a lot about liberation, um, this is, uh, the mantra is Om Tare Tutare Tare Soha. And it is a prayer to be liberated from the things that oppress us, the things that hold us back, our ego, and our illusion. I'm coming down, Piper, with my glorious hips. And I always have to think about it, right? Like I'm a new musician. Thank you very much. It was very nice to have you. And you, all you guys listening out there, please like and share and comment. And um, we will see you guys next time. Thanks a lot. Thank you.